Hey, I'm Fuzz. I'm Joel. Welcome to Fags and Fendi. And we're here to talk about life, relationships, and what it is to be a queer person of color in Australia. He said it all. Welcome back to another episode of Fags in Fendi. How are you, Joel? I am fabulous. Are you actually? I can't I tell. I actually am. You know why? Why? It's six uh, thirty p.m. Six p.m. Which and is it's not good. early Which morning. I'm not crossing the bridge at eight thirty a.m. So I'm feeling well. Fabulous. As I always say to you, honey, nobody asked you to live across the bridge like a troll. Also, why do we look like a cowboy today? Well, I shouldn't talk because the rainbow fucking blob is like I don't know what is it's happening. It's a rainbow. There. It's a rainbow because I am proud. There's I am loud. So I'm much queer. color happening. I should have brought my Fendi glass. No, it's do you know brandy. what you should have brought instead? You should have brought one of the electric bulls so not you could TV ride cells. it. So shut up. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that's what you are. You're ready to be milked. I get it now. That's where it comes from. Look, this, you is, this is the look of somebody right who does not go to the gym. That's all I have to say. I, on yeah. the other hand, Any audience group. members, fans, lovers, and everybody out there <laughs> have been going to the gym consistently every day for the last two weeks. I'm very proud of myself. I wouldn't trust the. I'd call the trainer. Very Give me the number. proud of myself. I get there late because I get late everywhere. I was talking mm. to a friend about this recently, actually, where I said, you know, you have to manage people's expectations, which is why <laughs> I deliberately show up late everywhere. Because if I start showing up early, you expect me to be early. Whereas if I show up late, you know I'm going to be late. Bitch, I tell you what, that is that is clever self-marketing. People know me. People you know what I'm about. You live next to the studio and you're consistently late. So let's just start there. This is exactly what I'm saying to you. Now you know I'll always be late. Branding achieved. Speaking of branding. <laughs> well, even in your bio, it says king of always being late. So. It's a fact. You know, I'm always late. I'm I can't late. help I'm myself. I'm getting better with age. Though. I'm getting earlier with age. As a Fijian person, a person of Pacific origin, always I late. find it to be a hate crime whenever people <laughs> tell me that I need to be on time. So, you know, I could report you to the I'm police. I'm just waiting for you to have a dinner and everyone shows up late. Well, you that, actually oh, don't that, care. You know, that, <laughs> that, by the time people arrive, I'll just be like completely it. drunk and yeah. be like, hello. That was a, yeah, um, also, rock. I just want to shout out, something really cute happened. So I was, um, I was at Louis Vuitton um, yesterday, the day before. Mm. Oh, yesterday, I think it was. Yesterday Father's was Day. On Father's Day, because my dad is in. So um, I took him out to get him a gift. That's another funny story. So my dad's birthday was on Friday. And so I had got him a gift, which is, you know, it was a very, very beautiful gift. And then I was like, okay, I figured that this gift is valuable enough that mm. it'll cover Father's Day as well. But then we woke up Father's Day and he was like, where's my Father's Day? Really? Gift? People yeah. ask that? That's like a Christmas child like, asking for two gifts. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wanted you to pick your own. <laughs> so we went out to Louis Vuitton so I could pick something up. But anyway, while I was there, it was really sweet. So we were sitting and you know how when you go to the luxury stores, I'm um, a very, very lovely um a very, very lovely salesperson, retail person. His name is Ferris. So he really looked after us. He was very, very gorgeous, made sure that everything was whatever taken care of. But, you know, when you shop in heritage stores, you wait a lot. Like, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that that's a thing. You mean I, like from the packaging and that? Yes, spec, because yeah. it's not just, a, it's not like when you just like walk in, you just like buy something, you take it to the counter. It's like, you know, you sit there and it's it's the production and I get it. But sometimes yeah. you're like, I'm on the clock. I need to go. Yeah. Um but nevertheless, very good. So sitting there waiting for everything to be packaged. And these two young people walked up to me. It was, it was 
like the most beautiful thing ever I thought and they like literally and I've just been on MKR right so I thought I and I had had people in the store come up to me and be like oh my gosh you recognize you from MKR blah blah whatever yeah, and that's really beautiful and be like oh my god you're the fag from MKR like they wouldn't like say cute. that because they're not hateful like that <laughs> like cow titty sitting across you from see, me but this it is, is what I it know is. your true friend but, <laughs> but they literally like walked up to me these two kids and I was like okay they're probably going to say the same thing but then they were like oh my god we just want to say we love the podcast and I was like, that is so cool. And I didn't know how to react. So like, I mean, shout out to you both. If, you, <laughs> like, if you're listening to this right now, I just wasn't sure. Like, it, it took me by surprise, but it was actually very humbling and very beautiful. So they were like, oh, you know, we really love the podcast. We were listening to it on our way here. So I'm not sure where y'all were coming from, but thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting the message and, and for feeling like this message is worth being told. And yeah, we appreciate you. And everybody like you, thank you to everybody who messages and, you know, who's who's commenting and who's telling us about how much they're enjoying these conversations. Yeah. I spoke to a friend of mine who identified himself um, because I talk about it sometimes in the podcast. And he's like, you were talking about me, weren't you? And I was like, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but he also caught up on all the episodes. Oh my God, I really need to laugh more gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know how. It's called laughing in color. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's called, oh, okay. Okay, sister. <laughs> You get, can you laugh like a white person? Do it yes, now. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh my god, that's laughing. You see, this is why evenings better. I'm awake. <laughs> oh my god, that reminded me. I was going to say morning. I'm usually like mellow. Not really. One today's feedback. My accountant. I sit down. This has been happening to me so many times. So I had a marketing meeting, counting meeting, and then I went on to meet one of my influencer friends. All of them pulled me aside to. Your feedback on the podcast but like it catches you at a time when you're not prepped because you know when you're in business you're like in business mode we're gonna talk about business today but you know when we're in business mode and my accountant's like i you know i listened to your episode about when you tried to kill yourself <laughs> and i'm like you can't laugh about that oh, i guess it's no it's experience. about laugh, me laugh, it's laugh, like laugh. of course i can laugh now but i'm just like I'm in business mode. <laughs> like, I don't want to unpack this again. And then my influencer friend is like, he's returning sound like rushing to get here. And I was like finishing everything, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, I listened to your episode. I'm like, <laughs> I just didn't realize how hard it is to be gay. And I'm just like, it's so sweet. But he just now, everyone catches you and they go to the deep straight away. And I always say like, this is therapy for us. So we share all this deep stuff and we leave it here and we're done. And then after that, these people, like they're coming up and they're like, you know, when, like I said, business mode and I'm doing something like, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I'm here for it. Thank you. My accountant, I was like, okay, shall we discuss the figures? It's been very sweet. The feedback has been really good. Um, a lot of my feedback are coming from my straight friends. And um, even one of my friends, Stefan, today was just saying they just um, haven't known or haven't like listening to our story. They just realized, you know, how hard it is to be us and how brave we have to be and all the things I've been talking about. And so it's coming across and 
and he's been really good. Even I my accountant so as, well. as well. She said the same thing. Is like, I can't believe homophobia is still around. I thought we all woke and stuff. And we're like, you know, this is why we're discussing these things. Yeah. And then, you know, we every episode, like the Manly Sea Eagles happen. I'm like, it's just self-explanatory. It happens and then we discuss and a new thing happens. It just shows you we're going forward, but not so much. You know? Yeah, 100%. So. I mean, like, it's like you take a couple of steps forward, take a couple of, se- a couple of steps back. And also it's those intersectionalities that we've been discussing. So that's why. So I don't have many, like full disclosure, I don't have a lot of white queer friends only because of the issues that we've actually, discussed, you know, in yeah. terms of like. I actually don't have a lot of queer friends, period. I have a lot of girlfriends and actually a lot of straight dudes. I don't know why. Friends. <laughs> but maybe you're no, like you're queer too friends. queer for anything else to exist in your orbit I, yeah i, I feel like that might be it. 2022 i, I don't think you it. should you talk. look like a mardi gras outfit <laughs> but one of my queer white friends um and i thought that this was quite impactful because you know this podcast is for the community like we want to be educating but we also want to be having conversations that you want to have or that you want to hear and it's, you know, it's it's always kind of like, it's it's a risk sometimes to step out and to say things like, you know, white queer people or white gay men in particular, white gay, white gay cisgen- cisgendered men um, have an experience that is not like ours. You know, I mean, it's because it's it's sort of like getting you to confront something. But what I found really quite heartening is that white gay cisgendered males who are passing are sort of like, I, you know, I... I can acknowledge now that, yeah, it is different for you. And so, and I'm like, oh my God, that is so good. You know, and that's, that's all we're, that's all we're here for. We just want to have this, we want to have these conversations and we want to draw you in and hopefully we're talking about things that you want to hear about. And so today, one of the things we're going to talk about, which I think is, which I think is necessary because so many of us as queer people find ourselves in the entrepreneurial space. The idea is that, because I mean, it's a funny thing. I don't, I know that this is, this is a stereotype in a big way. But I find queer people to be creators naturally, like by, you know, ju- just what, what in whatever form that is. I mean, also it, in general, like it's now a cool, like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to be seen to be doing their own thing. Everyone wants to be a boss bitch. And, you know, it's, so, I mean, it seems like insane. it It seems like it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like a lot of people are definitely looking for like that side hustle and they're looking for that. Yeah. But I find that within queer communities in particular, we've always kind of. Uh, I guess like we come from a history of people who've always kind of had to make it for themselves. Um, Because you know that there was a time when, of course, you know, queer people couldn't be employed. They couldn't get bank loans, various things. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. We come from an interesting history of that. Joel and I are both, um, we we are both people in business. We're both entrepreneurs. We have uh, multiple businesses under our belts and we face a particular set of challenges, don't we? You in particular operate, and we talked about this before, (laughs) in a very straight, in a very sort of like cisgendered, heterosexual male world, you know, like you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of that sort of energy coming in, particularly when you have those sort of, you know, heterosexual weddings, for example, and you have like, the groom yeah, with me, his groomsman. Like, uh, supposedly from last episode, not open to love. And here I am surrounded by fucking couples getting married every second. A hundred percent, which is and why I'm you're like, not... Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome. But I'm hoping that by the end of this <laughs> year, we'll be saying like congratulations that. to Joel. Why? 
because you'll be getting married. I'm seeing it. I'm manifesting it. Oh, okay. Anyway, tell us about your experiences. Stay on pot, auntie. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your pot stirred. That's part of the problem. I just have to say that the cable that went pot. apart last episode is now taped. This is discrimination. Do you know what it is? And homophobia. When you said stay on pot, it reminded me of the song WAP, and it's like macaroni and a pot. And I'm like, that's disgusting. That's I can't understand why people have to just talking about you, the pot. Anyway. Anyway. What did you ask me? Um... <laughs> I asked you about your business, Milk Tits. Tell us tell us what it's like. Tell us what's happening. You know what? 6.30 is too much. I think <laughs> everyone's too hyper. Okay, business. Um, yeah, so I think I brought it up two episodes ago when I said that I'm in a straight-laced, cisgendered business in the Northern Shore. Very straight and white, essentially. Two big, like that's uh, my two big points. Um, Business-wise... What do we want to discuss? Like we want to discuss our, you know, like our mental space and how do we like open our businesses. My businesses, like they just kind of happen by accident. I kind of, I see a need and then I see a, a gap that needs to be filled. And I just, in you know, introspect and think if I can fill that gap, then I go for it. Um, I always say, like your very first business and your very first venture is usually the hardest to take that step. And then once you've done your first, it feels like the second, third, fourth, like it's just easy to roll with because you've taken that biggest risk in the first one. You know what it feels like to take a risk, but it is a risk, you know, taking like starting a business and starting any business is a risk. I guess more so than you, I represent more of like the small business arena as opposed to like, you know, multi-enterprise kind of a thing. I started my business um, I was the head of marketing for Tony and Guy. So I was here in Sydney. I was in the fashion industry, attending a lot of events, you know, going for red carpets and, and minute events, races. And I just found a gap, you know, the, um, very quick. There's a brief story of how I started. I saw a gap and I felt like, you know, let's try it out. Let's hire a few outfits. So my business is Mr. Fierce. I hire our designer suits for men and um, and women. I like do a lot of women actually now. And, um, you know, I saw a gap of us, like, you know, why do we need to keep buying suits, like beautiful designer suits and you want to look different on the red carpet and yet you have to buy, spend a lot to buy something. Suits are not cheap at all. And then you, you know, have all these photos taken, you Instagram your day, blah, blah, blah. And then you're done with it and they just sits in your closet and you're never really going to wear it again because it's been Instagram to that. So I just thought, you know, why not? I try and fill this gap. I bought 20 suits out of my own pocket just went to the retail store bought a few different items that i thought was different and started the business and from there i've not looked back i started with 20 suits in the side of my apartment and it went from 20 to now four and a half years later i have like a, maybe thousands really in a shop in north sydney and um you know we're just hiring by the like if you follow our instagram you'll see all the be behind the scenes and well, hundreds a week and it's been insane we've gone from that to accessories we've gone to shirts bow ties ties we we've become a one-stop styling shop and i guess and then from then we went into accessories and now i've just launched skincare as well i've launched a plant-based skincare um straight after the second lockdown it's called mr f skin and it's just again branching out from my target market of you know cisgendered male majority of them are cisgendered white male cisgendered white male what did i say is that correct yes <laughs> yeah. you're not straight guys so confusing so <laughs> and um 
they're my biggest clientele. And for me is about my market is me educating them about style and fashion and, you know, how to dress up and weddings. Weddings are my number one. And then followed by all your black ties and your awards. So more so than that, for me, my business journey has always been about filling gaps. I feel like there's a gap and then I um, solve a problem. And that's kind of one of my advice. One of the advice of my business mentors have always told me is, you know, don't create a new product. There's enough products in the world. Solve a problem. So if you're solving a problem, the product comes and you're solving the problem by selling the solution. And that's what I did. I started with that. Um what else? <laughs> I wasn't sure what you're going to just keep talking. It's like, you just like, couldn't like, I was like it's waiting. It's such a big topic. I, I was know. literally like waiting for you to breathe. I was like, is he just going to faint? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was like, you're oh, such okay. a, oh, you're okay. not a bad, okay. you're a bad I guess this bitch has a lot to say. I'm like, is, is this bitch going to direct me? But um, when he was, uh, when he was the episode on love, she had a lot of questions. No, I have questions now too, but it's just, you had so much to say. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just <laughs> let you get it out. You know, like you clearly, Need you know, like I, an emotional release. Are you gonna start to cry? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Um, no. What I want to understand from you, because of the particular space that you work in, um, have you found that you know, as a person of color um, within this market, within the Australian space, let's let's start there. Yeah. Has that ever been? Has that ever sort of posed any sort of obstacle for you? Yes. Tell for me the very that. fact that, you know, I actually thought about this today on the way here. I was like, you know, even speaking like this on the podcast is I'm very, um, you know, we think a lot even about our accent and how that comes across. And I think a lot about, oh, my God, my voice is like this. I don't sound so English and my accent is taking over. You know, these are, again, these are things I think about. This is not someone not a, a white guy wouldn't be thinking about this or a white girl. It's been across through every aspect of the business. You know, um, I have to think about how am I going to appeal? First of all, like I said, I'm like 99.9% .9 straight male business. I'm gay and I'm colored and I'm in North Sydney. How do I constantly, you know, appeal to this market without chasing away my colored market as well, without, you know, not stopping my, um, market from the West or, you know, come to, to be um, appealing enough for them to also come to my business. How do I spread my message of, you know, live my natural life in business of being diverse and being inclusive without being too in your face? You know, that's the constant challenge that I find. Um, I have managed to find, like, it's a constant struggle. Let's just start there. It's, I have managed to find a balance, but it's a constant thing where I debate in my head of with different campaigns. When you campaigns. say balance, mm. what do you mean? Let's say from a campaign perspective, you know, or from the imageries I put out, you know, it's a constant balance between me representing everyone without being too in your face. Like I don't need to go around screaming, I'm diverse, I'm pro this and I'm pro that because it's just represented in my imagery on my campaigns or, you know, I just do it as how I live my daily life and how Sydney is in, in how Sydney is naturally. We're multiracial, we're multicolored. I don't have these conversations of like, you know, am I representing color enough? Am I representing queer people enough? I just do and I just be. Um, and it's not 
calculated like a lot of other businesses where I remember after Black Lives Matter, I have actually heard of a lot of the businesses, um, you know, peers and stuff who actually had to stop and go back to their marketing team and actually review how many uh, white people are on our imagery and how many black people are on the campaign. We need to now push all the black um, agenda and our, and our models and all that. I've never had to do that because we are naturally cultured people and colored people and we only we see color and all kinds of colors you know so from that perspective i find that i have always had to work at um you know balancing this side of things with my imagery and branding um apart from that for me it's like i said it's just the bravery to exist it's just from a business perspective how do i stand out against all my other peers who are in the same arena uh, maybe cisgendered white male who are brave. They don't have these thoughts of, you know, how do I sound? How do I present myself? I've got to be worried that I'm not too feminine. I don't scare straight people away. Or even if I'm at the shop, you know, do I dress crazily? How much do I rest practice restraint? How much do I push back? I've just, I just, I am myself now. I've reached that stage where I am me and this is who I am. But at the same time, I know my market. I know that brand, what, re what is required of that brand. How do I detach myself from that brand so that, you know, it represents me, but it also attracts the right market, you know? How, how much of yourself, because it's interesting what happens to us as human beings. I mean, I think that's a constant negotiation um, of like, you know, finding your being in the world and finding a way to exist in a way that that works. I mean, like a couple of episodes ago, we kind of, we, we touched on and discussed how many a time queer people feel like when they walk into a space that they're apologetic about the fact that they are there, you know, because, oh, you know, I'm so sorry that my queerness is such an inconvenience to you. And in the case of queer people of color, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that my ethnicity, the way that I look, the way that I sound, the way that you know, all of these various things, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, if, you know, for a lot of people that that is a majority experience of queer people, the absolute majority. Um, and, you know, along the way, therefore, people make sacrifices. Yeah. They make sacrifices of identity. Um, I'll talk about myself later. Um, but tell me for you, do you feel like you've sacrificed any part of your identity? No, I feel like in the same arena of business of men's suiting and men's tailoring, you can see me through and through. You just have to look at the brand. You know, you know, people come to me and clients come to me or stylists will look on the red carpet and say, that's a Mr. Fierce outfit. That's a Mr. Fierce styling. It's more so from the styling and fashion perspective. However, I'm unapologetic about me. So when I'm in the shop, I don't act any different. I don't do anything different in terms of how I act or how I present myself. I've just, I accept myself. I'm very happy with myself. I love myself. For me, what I'm very proud of is my shop stands for everyone's welcome. It's a house of, you know, being that I know who I am and I know what we face out there, what our queer people face on the daily. I'm very proud to open my doors to anyone, you know. But if there is, I think where it comes in is if there's any sort of discrimination or anyone acts out or, you know, to look at someone or laugh or think that, you know, that person is too much or too one, 
I will kick them out because this is my space and I've created it for everyone, especially my queer people because I am queer, especially for colored people. We have had instances where, you know, you have um, a queer guy who's in and he's flamboyant and he wants to dress in the sequins and he's extra. But I'm like, and even I talk to myself, I'm, I'm so happy with that because this is what I wanted. It was not just meant to be a men's highest, so it's meant to be you coming in to express yourself through fashion and have fun and, and feel comfortable. And that's what I feel very proud that I've created in this store, a safe space. Okay, that's very, very cool. It's 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 wonderful to hear because I... I very often when I speak to queer people, particularly as you get older and if you're of a particular generation, there are elements of people's personalities that they leave behind. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing you said about voice. I know that there are quite a number of queer people, particularly queer people of color within the context of Australia, that feel like they, particularly people who've grown up here. I think people who, who haven't grown up here perhaps don't have... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. If you feel differently, please, we want to hear this as well. Um, but very often people who sort of have grown up here and who sound different yeah. to the majority of people feel a sense of discomfort. Yeah. And generally speaking, queer people, because of the culture, have particular intonations and particular inclinations exactly. in terms of the way that you speak. Have you felt that? And how did you overcome that? I think maybe when I was first starting up, I... I felt that like, like I told you, even starting with the podcast, I've had to review, oh my God, I hate my voice, my accent. And again, that's not something a cisgendered white male would think. He would never think, oh my God, I sound like this on my accent off. Would you ever think my accent's yeah. weird or terrible? You would never think that. For me, I've had to, I've had to overcome because honestly, I hate my voice. <laughs> I'm like not hating that way. And I'm just like, oh God, so I sound I. like, excuse me. You little bitch. I sound like a cackling cockatoo. I know it. <laughs> but I I think when you start off, again, it's, it's like what we say about you being in your younger age and as you get older. As you get older, you just accept more and more of yourself. You love every part of yourself. I think to put it into perspective, if it was anyone else or, you know, where my business is and where we're located in our market, if I went down the other route, I think, and if I was insecure, maybe I would have done that. I would have tried to diminish myself and try to be straight. I think I would have done that and be in my suiting and, you know, try to appeal to the masses. But you know what? In being myself, that's what attracts people. They're coming for the Mr. Fierce style. They and that, authenticity. They do. And the Mr. Fierce style, you know what? As much as people talk about that, it's me. The style is, you know, this mix between being glam and how glam you want to be or, you know, I want to be simple but understated. But there's always that kind of like edgy glam element. And that has come from what my brand, like what who I represent, you know. So I am one of the lucky ones where I have never compromised on myself. I've never tried to fit in. I've always tried to infuse myself with the brand. But in saying that, I like I told you, I know my market. I know how to work it for what you know they should see and how to attract them. I have managed to find that balance. When I say balance, it's a marketing thing and a branding thing. It's not, it's not a me thing. It's not how much I want to diminish. You know, so so yeah. 
Oh wow, okay. Well, I mean, that's very, very interesting. I'm I am always very interested to hear from queer people how it is that they navigate the spaces because, you know. We are, I mean, queer people, generally speaking, we are a minority. Like, you know, there's, um, I know that there can be a tendency for people to feel like there are like a ton of queer people out there, but the mass market, the people yeah. out there who are buying, who are, you know, having their being in the world yeah. are not queer. Look, I'll tell you this very quickly. I went for the local business awards on the North Shore just two weeks ago and Straight away, sat down for dinner, and I noticed one thing. I didn't voice it out. My staff came up to me and said, we're the only colored people here. Oh, that's, you know, that happens and so much. Exactly. And so, so I'm like, again, us sitting there, we feel some kind of way because he had to voice it out. This is the same thing every day. We voice it. We think about it. So I thought about it when I sat down. But for my staff to say that, so we all think it, they they represent colored people. Who are the only colored people in the room? You know, that happens so often. So, you know, with, with what I do in Sydney, I attend many, many events, which is wonderful. Um, and they are, and, you know, events in Sydney are quite gorgeous. I mean, there's a lot of very, very talented people out there who do wonderful things. But one thing I will note is that guest lists mm-hmm. need to be updated. You cannot tell me that there are no people of color out there. I mean, there have been places that I've been to where I have been the only person of color or a friend and I have been the only two people of color perhaps. So, you know, like it's 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 a bit, it's shocking. And what's even yeah. more shocking is when you are queer because you become aware of that as well. Yeah. You become aware of the fact that you are a queer person of color yeah. and that you therefore represent you represent something that is at odds again with the world that you are sort of seeing around you. But what's crazy is this, when you walk out into the street in Sydney, when you walk out amongst people who are creating and making people who are running balls, you know, uh, when I refer to ball, I'm referring to, of course, a a queer ball. I'm not referring to a a ball. Yeah. Um, You know, all of these people, the people who are making documentaries, the people who are performing, there are a plethora of people of color who are queer. And just people of color also. But these people are not seen in these spaces. And there aren't, and as we've said before, there are no spaces for us. Yeah. So it is very, very interesting to sort of try to navigate those spaces. I think that um it's interesting for me because I as I've said before to everybody, I, you know, I come from a context and I I've lived between the two contexts, um, where in Fiji, we are essentially all people of color. We are decolonizing people, we have the issue of the colonial hangover, of course. However, broadly speaking, um, the way that I exist within that space is very authentic. So I've never been anything other than what I am. I actually don't dislike anything about myself. I think that that is fairly obvious. Um, (laughs) so I've never, so it's an interesting thing for me to have to consider. And I think it's interesting for people of color and for queer people of color to consider is that like, what's the businesses? Sorry. I have I, I do multiple things. I mean, the things that I, the thing that I enjoy the most is my partner and I have a fashion brand, um, and I shouldn't just say fashion brand. We have a manufacturing, retail, wholesale business. Uh, we have a fashion label called Zubair, which is very cool. That's like our baby. 
We have a diffusion line as well um, called Bullshit Co. We stock through resorts in Fiji. We have two stores in Fiji and an online presence as well. So that's kind of our baby. That's what we love to do because we're creators, right? So like I'm I'm a stylist by trade and by training. My first job ever uh, was as a gallerist and an art curator. So that naturally lent itself to me then becoming a fashion stylist after I owned my first business, which was a buy on the cross many, many years ago. Um, and yeah, and apart from that... Okay, that um, one is a cool thing. Let's not just skim over. You used to own a bar in King's Cross. I used to own a bar in the Some cross. Some of our followers would probably, listeners would probably have been... Yeah, it was called Awkward. It was a lot of fun. It was a live music venue. Um, and it was right before the lockouts killed Sydney's life. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that it'll come back to life. We should very have one hopeful. episode on lockouts, but anyway, I, yes. we should have a, we should just have an episode on Sydney's <laughs> nightlife because it really, really bothers me. Yes. You know, the other night, speaking of businesses, can y'all, if you want to open nightclubs, please open them. So I have mm. a new friend, a young friend who's moved in, who, who's moved up from Melbourne, who lives with, um, um, a friend of mine who's like a sister. Um, and that night, my friend and I were like, oh, you know, we'll take you out and we'll show you Sydney's nightlife. Nothing, mm. nothing. It was atrocious. I couldn't stand it. Um, but anyway, that's a side note. And we used to be known for nightlife. We like, used to be freaking Oxford Street Central. is dead and mm. restaurants are closing early. Cafes close after two because apparently no one wants coffee after 2 p.m. But anyway, let's go back. You to drink way too much coffee. You need Shut to up. stop. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, he looks for coffee at like one o'clock in the morning. It needs to stop. Um, but I, Continue. Think, I think that broadly speaking, the success of any of the businesses that I do, because I'm, I also, um, I'm a property investor and I build, well, I, and we build apartments in Fiji as well. So there's various things that we do within the context of Australia. I exist. I'm, my job here basically is investment and just being myself because that's fun. You know, that's the most fun business. So what is do. the biggest difference you have found? Because I guess you'd be better because you've flown in from Fiji and you're more you're settled here a lot more now um I don't know if you're looking at the businesses kind of like the fashion side as well entering here some we're definitely soon. looking at ways for the for the fashion business to enter which is an interesting conversation but I think that you know what we've always traded on which I think is very important is just authenticity like no matter what you are in the world whether you are queer or person of color or not whatever it is but like you have a value system Right. My my particular and personal values are influenced by the fact that I am that I am queer, that I am a person of color, that I am a person of the islands, that that I have a particular sort of moral compass that points to a social justice. I you know, these are the things that sort of matter to me. And so I always take I take the view, no matter where I am that I will push an agenda. Mm. So even within the context of Australia, my business in Australia is basically me as a personality. Like that's, that's my job. My job is to create personality because from that comes many other things. And many queer people are actually very good at this. And I think that the reason why it's important to me now is because at the age that I'm at, I want to be useful. And I think that that's, that essentially is the goal of business of any kind of entrepreneurial endeavor is that you want to be useful. You want to be doing something that is actually impacting the world in some way, because only in doing that will you find success because then you're not, you're not, you know, my mom told me ages ago, 
They should never chase money. You should chase an idea. You should chase an ideal. So something that like you truly, truly believe in. So that's why for me, it's like, okay, I will actively ensure that queer people are heavily represented. I will actively ensure that people of color are represented. Like, I think that it's one of those things in business where you have to be aware of the context. What I'm increasingly aware of in Australia is that, you know, there's a tendency for it to be fashionable, for businesses to respond to people of color or to queerness because it's fashionable. I mean, there's all these like, it's not just Australia, it's most of the world. um, But, uh, you know, one of the memes which you can also actually extend across the people of color is, you know, whenever Pride Month is on and then you see those memes that come out on the internet of like, oh, you know, all the companies turn <laughs> gay for a month and then when at the end of the month, they like wash their hands <laughs> and like throw out all the rainbows. Um, and, you know, similar things happen around Mardi Gras. You know, everybody's gay around Mardi Gras and then all of a sudden all queer around Mardi Gras and then it's over and then they're like, oh, no. Well, that's why I know. said after Black Lives Matter, did you notice like all these companies suddenly black model, black model, black model. And I did, I did. In flux. I also <laughs> find that like, I, I find it incredibly disappointing disingenuous when a business is called out for not being diverse for them to then like stick a black model you know on the cover of whatever it is that they're doing of a campaign and be like there you go we're diverse mm-hmm. you know because it also ignores other elements of diversity it, it ignores body diversity for example i mean you know even when you talk about um Curve models, you know, most curve models are white. That's the reality. And it's something that actually people should be speaking about. Most curve, you, whenever somebody sticks a, a, a black model somewhere, it's always, you know, it's, it's always somebody who's very, very thin because again, we aren't allowed to just be ourselves in the world. We, you know, we always have to be something special. You know, and we are special. Mm. Right? I mean, like, you well, know, that's why I said, can you imagine? I remember when we had this Black Lives Matter discussion with different businesses and they were all like, you know, companies had to go out of their way to say they were diverse mm-hmm. and they support diversity. But then I was like looking at my pages and looking at companies that are truly diverse who stayed silent because they didn't have to say anything because they were diverse already in nature. You just have to look through their pages and their branding. And that says, that speaks like way louder volumes than the ones that have to say we are diverse. Absolutely. But I think that like, at the same time, I will say this though, if you are a new business and if you're sort of having this, or particularly if you are not a person of color, you have to be aware. Mm -hmm. And, And if you feel like, if you feel like you need to say it at least in the beginning, just so that just for yourself, then say it, but stick to it. This is not like, you know, we're not, we're not a trend or a fad. We're, we're not something that like comes and goes, you know, we're not like a black issue of Italian Vogue from the nineties that, you know, becomes a collector's edition and then never again. Like we are, we are people that continue to exist around you. And again, it comes back to your circles. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's very important that you, you know, we talked about friendship and energy the last time we spoke. I think it was the last time, the time before that we spoke. Um, and I think it's very important for you to remember that you must surround yourself with people, with a diverse range of people, because that is your market. Those are your people. Those are the people who will give you feedback. They don't all have to be entrepreneurs. They can be doing whatever the hell it is that they're doing with their lives. But ensure that your group of people around you is diverse so that when you are getting feedback, you are getting diverse feedback. You don't just want yes people. You want your friends of color. You want your queer friends. You want your you want your whoever. You want all of your friends to tell you and call you out and say, well, you're not doing enough. 
That's not good enough. I don't like that. If you surround yourself with people who are like, oh my God, that's great. Everything is great because they all look the same as you. Honey, you are on your way to failure because the world is changing and we are going to make sure that we continue to push the agenda. And you know what? I don't even care anymore. People used to be like, oh, there's a queer agenda. There's a agenda of people of color. There's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there is. You know what? And it's fantastic because we need an agenda. Because if we don't do it for ourselves, nobody else is. Yeah. So if you are a person of color, if you are a queer person of color, and if you're starting to engage in business, and if you have all the fears that come with that come with with operating in a space like this, and if you feel like a minority and feel like you need to change, just remember that you don't. Yeah. Everything that makes you different, that's what gives you your edge. That is what is going to ensure that you succeed. Be true to yourself. Authenticity is everything. Mm. And we are such lucky people because we get to express our authenticity in a myriad of ways. We get to represent, um, we get to be the representation and like I said, now give back and now push our agenda harder. We get to, um, you know, when I was growing up in our lane, you know, how many, again, colored people do we see kind of working in fashion stores and, and representing a range of colors and, and sizes? We're in control of that now. We know who we want to um, hire. We know the people we want to have around and the, and the other businesses we want to support with our businesses. There's a lot of power to that, you know, being able to stand there today and spread this message and have that agenda. So I agree. The authenticity, I agree. It is power. And can I just tell you, y'all, it's a lot of hard work. But if you've got the tenacity, chase your dreams and do whatever it is that makes you happy. Spark the fire of that entrepreneurial spirit and do something fresh. Give it a go. I mean, look, you might fail. A lot of the time people fail. I've had businesses that have failed as well. But mm. ultimately, there are businesses that stick. There are things that work. And when those things work, they work splendidly. What do you say when those things fail? Oh, well, move on. And that's exactly what you have to do as well. You got to make sure that you don't take failure as a full stop. It's a comma. You'll be fine. And that brings us to the end that of was so a quick. episode. Oh well, God. that's because you, you know, waffled on for like 5,000 <laughs> hours. It is what it is, you know. And like, oh and my I think God, I sounded like Ursula again. I feel like everybody, you know, will learn to love your voice. And I think that it's really beautiful. You know what? You've... Like I said, I don't give a shit. Oh, that's I love sweet. me and all of me. Oh, well. Thank you. That's cute. What you should, <laughs> not, what you should not love is your contour because it's out. Thank you, darlings. And we'll see you next week. You know, Rainbow Blob, I give you. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>